Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Genesis 35 and we see a remarkable change in Jacob. And But before we get there, before we go there, let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done. I'm grateful for, for who you are and how you love us. So Lord, I just lift up today this reading. I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to guide us, for it to be your message that is heard, that it's your word, and nothing from me, but strictly from you, Lord. And I just pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so today on is actually uh, 10-11. It's the day after um, the National Mental Health Awareness Day that occurred yesterday. And I wanted to talk about it briefly and just give some a few insights here in regards, because this is such a good message, this is such a good reading for this this day, because what we're going to find is a totally changed Jacob. He is completely made different. He behaves completely differently. And so, whereas yesterday in, in verse or chapter 34, all we heard about was kind of bad things, right? There was murder, rape, um, deception, and then just pure genocide, not, you know, wiping out an entire group of men in the city and then taking their wives and children and, and animals, not a good, good representation of, you know, God's servant, but today is going to be a different day. And it's just, Jacob does a 180 degree turn. And in yesterday's reading, God's name wasn't in, invoked at all. God wasn't even mentioned. But today he'll be he'll be mentioned in multiple of ways. But just his name, just saying God in this chapter will be will be done eleven times or ten times. There will be one time when it talks about I believe El Shaddai, and then either through saying Israel or Bethel, it's another 10, 10 or eleven times. So God is throughout this change in Jacob. It doesn't happen any other way. Jacob's been a deceptive individual. Personally, I think I've told you I'm not a big, I haven't really liked him that much. Um, he's not someone that I've been drawn to and said, oh, let me emulate him because I see too much of myself in him. I see a lot of myself in him and trying to multitask God, trying to manage God, partially obeying God, not even just saying no. And not even saying full on yes, but just partial obedience. And I've, I've done that a lot in my life. And that's actually one reason why I got depressed. But I'll talk about that in, at the end of the, the message here or the reading. So why don't we go ahead and get started right, right now and jump into chapter 31, verse 1. Then God said to Jacob, get up, go, go to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you, and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods 
they had and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak. The oak was at Sechem. Sorry about that. Then they set out, and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them, so that no one pursued them. So Jacob does this 180 degrees. He's a hey people, get rid of your get rid of those false gods. Those false gods. Bring them here and let's get rid of them. And then let's go. You know, let's change our clothes, take a bath, purify ourselves, get out of our garbage, and then let's go. And as they leave, God goes with them. He terrifies the town. Don't forget that. They just wiped out a whole bunch of people. <laughs> they just killed a whole city and stole all their people, all their women and children and, and stuff. So they'd probably be pursued, you would think. But they're not. God is walking with them and keeping them safe. Verse 6. Jacob and all the people with him came to Luz, that is Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar, and he called and he called the place El Bethel, which means God of the house of God. So Jacob is moving from where he had originally called it Bethel, which is house of God. <clears throat> He's now focused on God, the God who is the God of the house, right? So He's no longer looking at the things. He's now looking, and he's now looking at God and the relationship. So th- there he built an altar, and he called the place El Bethel, because it was there that God revealed Himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died and was buried under the oak outside Bethel, so it was named Elon Bakuth. After Jacob returned from Padam Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel, which means he who wrestles with God. I believe that's what it said. Let me check real quick. Uh, Yeah. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you, and kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac I also give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had talked with him. Jacob set up a stone pillar at the place where God had talked with him, and he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. Jacob called the place where God had talked with him Bethel. Then they moved on from Bethel. So what you see, what you're about to see is that, okay, so Jacob says, God, I'm yours. And he's, and he follows him, gets rid of all of his false gods from his household. And he's building altars, sacrificing to God, doing drink, drink sacrifices, placing oil on the, on the altars. And he's moving on with God. Then they moved on from Bethel. While they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. So his wife is now, who only was able to give him one, personally, she then is giving him a second child. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Anai. 
but his father named him Benjamin. Basically, when she, what Benjamin and Ben and I are is one is a negative con one which is son of my of my pain or misery, which is Ben and I, and Benjamin is son of my right hand. And so I guess uh, Jacob didn't want his son to go around with such a terrible reminder that his mother died while giving birth to him. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Migdal, Eder. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Billah, and Israel heard of it. Now, that's, again, just kind of a side note here, but it's not a good thing. But Jacob didn't, you know, do anything deceptive about it. He just, it just kind of moved on. So Jacob had 12 sons. The sons of Leah were Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Rachel's servant, Billah, Dan, and Naphtali. The sons of Leah's servant, Zilpha, were Gad and Asher. So his very first son, Reuben, his firstborn, goes and sleeps with Billah, who gave, um, who was the, the mother of two of Jacob's sons. And, I mean, there's just, what it demonstrates is you turn your life over to God, but there's still stuff that follows you from your history. Stuff doesn't suddenly just go away. <laughs> these, um, these behaviors of ours that we've done over time, they still have an impact and they still have consequences. And here, Jacob has a son who's a lot like him, devious, and so he has to deal with that at some point. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him at Padam. Verse 27, Jacob came home to his, his father Isaac in Mamre, near Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived 180 years, then he breathed his last and died, and was gathered to his people, old and full of years. And his son Esau and Jacob buried him. So he's come back. Jacob has done an amazing turn. He's been living very poorly. He just slaughtered a city, took all the people as slaves or as chattel. And then it's like, dang, what did I just do? And I'll relate a little bit of my story with depression since it's mental health day plus one. Just to give a an example. So I became very depressed and, and, uh, you know, I had a good job or I'd had very good jobs. I'd been doing very well in my life and religiously, you know, I'd been a chairman of deacons of churches and stuff like that. Married to high school, sweetheart, had wonderful children, but I got very depressed. I had some people die in my life who were very important and I just became very depressed individual. I allowed myself to spiral out of, you know, down. And eventually I tried to commit suicide. Um, thankfully, I wasn't good at that. And people stopped me and helped me. And um, 
I was actually put into a 72 hour hold. And during that time, a lot changed. Um, a lot changed for me. And thankfully I, you know, stopped drinking and they put me into a program that I had to go to every single day for about two months, three months. And I had turned to God in my despair. I turned back to God in my despair, excuse me. And I'd reached out, called out to him when I was pretty low, but I continued to try to manipulate my life until finally, you know, I tried to end it. This had bad consequences for my kids and my now ex-wife. And it was just not a, it was terrible. And yet it was the result of me trying to manage my life and trying to do what we've seen Jacob do partial obedience. So the partial obedience was really where I failed hard. And when I came into that place where they, they kept me at the hospital, um, and then the, the, um, facility for three days, I had to think about and just pray. I didn't pray like, you know, some monster prayer, but it was just, I was broken and God reached down to me. He immediately sent, and I had, I had had large, big jobs. I didn't have one for a couple of years and I couldn't get jobs. It was terrible. And it was just a, during a big recession and I just was just not in a good place. Anyways, as soon as I turned to him, there was a job waiting for me in my brokenness. He provided, I stopped drinking. I had to go to this, this counseling session every day for a while for quite a while. And I had to, they, they focused me on, you have to take care of yourself. You have to get, be, have your spiritual life in order and you have to really, you know, focus on being healthy. So the keys with that was sleep, diet and exercise. Um, I totally went into that, gave up alcohol completely and then spiritually going to church, um, praying a lot with God and really just, it changed. I was on, but I was still on antidepressants and I didn't like it. I felt like the antidepressants because they were prescribed in such weird ways initially. I feel like they contributed to the the challenge that I had. And so I really wanted off them. So one day I go to my counselor and I say, look, I want to get off these things. I've never been on them before. I hadn't had massive issues. And so let me, let me get off them. So we put together a plan. I worked with him very closely. And after six months, I was, I was clean. I didn't have them anymore. I didn't drink anymore. Um, worked out like crazy. Um, and had a, a very you know good job and was enjoying things. But that was all because God came back into my life. I put, quit doing half-ass, turning my, my life over to him. I had to give it over to him completely. Now, I will tell you, I backslid, and that's why I'm back on this journey, right? And so I think about Jacob and why I thought chapter 35 was perfect for this. Jacob had just been out killing and raping and pillaging and really just being a horrible human being. His family, his kids were following in his footsteps and it was terrible. And one day he is there and God talks to him. God says, stop this. Go up back to where you were when you first met me, 
which is Bethel, and settle there, build an altar there. And what did Jacob do? He did it. He went back to where he first met God. So he obeyed. He also then got rid of the false gods in his household, which for me was getting rid of my drinking, my lying, my um, self-absorption. I mean, it was ridiculous how much I thought of myself when I was, while everything was falling apart. And ultimately, he purified himself, his, his people and himself. They had to wash, get clean, put on new clothes, and they changed. And then they left. And they went where they were told to go, and they did what they were told to do. <clears throat> so not all of them did. Here you have the oldest who slept with, you know, his concubine, which, uh, you know, I struggle with all that stuff too. But anyways, so, you know, you still have Reuben doing bad, you know, not such great things. But at the end of the day, Jacob has turned his life around. And I think about what I had to do. I had to, thankfully, I, I knew it was God talking to me. I recognized his voice. And then I had to do it. I went to my counseling every time that I was supposed to with a good attitude and open heart. I gave up the alcohol. I started working out again, worked out crazy hard and really just started doing what he told me to do. And I'll tell you where it all changed is when I thought I knew better and I stopped obeying a hundred percent. I did the partial obedience. I started drinking again and things changed. I didn't go to church every week. I didn't go to men's fellowships. Instead, I just thought I did well enough. I read my Bible on my own. Yeah, we don't need to go to church this week. We've got stuff going on. All that sort of thing. And so I fell back and I fallen away. Then I got back with God, then I fell away. It's a pattern of mine. And I really want it to change. So for that reason, I thought the way Jacob completely did a 180 and changed his life and turned back to God. I thought that was a great example for us as we deal with our friends and family and ourselves who have mental um, health issues. And so I really just think that and pray for anyone out there who has it, anyone who has family members, anyone who has friends, or any individual who has who has struggles. So with that, let's just go ahead and close with prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all you've done. You're an amazing God. You've kept me safe and alive and my family from from harm. And I just thank you for all that you, you do, the way that you love us and you keep us. So Lord, I just pray for any, anyone out there who has these challenges. I pray that you would heal them, that you would help them, that you would comfort them, and give them peace. And may they know your power, your love, and your mercy and grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.